What's on the Menu with Adrian Abraham on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3, 12 to 1 with Adrian Abraham. My next guest is probably the youngest, well, he is the youngest Michelin star chef that I know, Louis Barker. He's head chef and owner at the One Michelin Star Sommer, a restaurant with a personal approach to contemporary European cuisine. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Louis, before we talk about the Michelin star, let's take it back a bit, you know. From my discussions with you off-air, you mentioned Saturday mornings while you were growing up, uh, watching cooking shows on TV in Leeds. Who was that one chef that inspired you while you were growing up? Well, there was a few. So, um, I mean, I guess the, the big chef at the time when I was growing up was obviously Gordon Ramsay. He was everywhere over the TV. So I think he was always the one that was always quite exciting, you know. He was a bit of a badass on TV as well. So he was uh, always a good fun one. I mean, the cooking programs that I, I used to most commonly watch when I was growing up is probably, you know, the Saturday morning cooking shows. So you had common shows on like Rick Stein, Gary Rhodes, you know, Delia Smith even. Like very classical, not too uh, fancy food. They just travel around uh, a bunch of different countries cooking different cuisines. And I found that quite exciting. And you know, from watching all these shows while you were growing up as well, did you try to replicate any of the dishes that you saw on TV? I think I probably did, but I don't know if they probably weren't very good <laughs> at the time, to be honest. Speaking of the meals, right, do you remember your first meal that you made? And um, how did your family react to this? Probably very supportive, even if it wasn't so good. But um, I think my, my first meal I ever made was more than likely a pasta dish because I always used to eat pasta as a kid. So I'm sure I probably cooked a lasagna or a carbonara, something very basic like that. And I, and I definitely probably got a good support from my parents, even if it was inedible, to say it was probably good. You know, a lot of the chefs have um, a similar story. They said they're not quite sure how it would have turned out, but their parents were uh, quite supportive of the dish that they made. Cooking was a passion and something that you were inspired to take up seriously. While you were in college, you worked part-time at a fine dining restaurant, um, as we talked off air, helmed by Anthony Flynn. What was it like working with him? That's right. I mean, it was uh, a real eye-opening experience. I mean, it was my first experience. So I think it was, uh, you know, I definitely felt like a needle in a haystack, you know, like it was uh, the real taste of kitchen where, you know, pressure was high, adrenaline was running, all this these dishes, this different kind of cuisine that I've never seen before, you know, and, and being involved with that, you know, it felt quite special. You know, it took me, uh, you know, I was there three and a half years working from, you know, part-time college kid up to, you know, chef the party by the time I left. But it was a real special journey, yeah. It was where my love for food really started, you know, like on a professional and career-based level. It was, uh, yeah, I mean, I would go back and do it all again for sure. I think why this story is even more remarkable is the fact that you were in college. So you'd go to college and about 3 p.m. you'd go to work and you were doing this every day. So, you know, how did you strike that balance between, let's say, college, your work, but also time with your friends? Because you missed out on a lot of that. I did. I mean, look, to be honest, I wasn't the best in school, I guess. I'm, I'm a bit more of a practical person than I'm like a, a computer or, or paperwork or anything like that. I, I prefer to, to have something... That, that involves a bit of energy and that's what I guess why one of the things why I took to being a chef you know and, and my focus probably wasn't really there in college I, I guess I always look forward to the part after college which was going to work and cooking so I, you know I, I wanted to get to do that every day and I guess my focus was always to go and actually be involved in a kitchen rather than sat in a classroom writing about how to make a you know a bechamel or a classic brew or you know which is things that 
we did do in college. So, I mean, I guess if, if I had to go back and do it again, I'd probably try and focus a little bit more in college. Not that I did bad, but I could probably have done better. But I just wanted to be involved, you know, like in the kitchen side of things. Yeah, we talked about the importance of, you know, first-hand experience of working in the kitchen rather than just going down the traditional route of being in a classroom and going to university and just learning from the sort of teachers and professors there rather than being in a restaurant. I want to, you know, take you back a little bit. When you were 16 on your birthday, you know, usually people ask for like gaming consoles or a holiday, but you requested uh, for a meal at the two Michelin star restaurant La Gavroche in London. Now, what made you decide on this choice? I mean, I didn't request for it, I guess. But what I did is with my first few salaries, I saved, you know, I saved some money because... I wanted to experience, you know, what it was like at the very top of this journey that I just set out as a career. So what I did is I had a little bit of money and uh, I asked some of my family members, you know, like, I, you know, I've got I've got this pocket money. Can we go and eat here? Will you come with me? Because, you know, I probably didn't really imagine sitting in a restaurant as a 16 year old solo diner just then. And it was a bit of a travel from Leeds to London as well. So what we did is. I went down with some of my family members and uh, we had a meal at Le Gavroche, which was a two mission star restaurant at the time. And it still is to this day, to be honest. And, um, and we had a great time and it was the complete opposite of what I, I was cooking, which is it's a traditional French classic restaurant. And at the time when I first started cooking, I did it a little bit backwards, you know, so it was a bit more, but it was a very molecular restaurant, a lot of gels, a lot of foams. I mean, Anthony was, you know, one of the first British paid chefs to work at El Bulli and he was there at 21 years old. So, you know, his, his grounding was that as well. So I kind of did that before the classic stuff. Um, so it was a complete change of scenery for me, you know, like going eating twice baked cheese souffle with snails and foie gras, you know, it was, I was like a kid in a sweet shop, like, what is this? <laughs> I've never seen this before. What's a truffle? You know, I wasn't using that at the time. And it was just a crazy experience. And that's why I remember it so fondly. Yeah. So based on that experience, of course, uh, was it one of those moments that completely changed your life, your perspective to how you started looking at food and using certain ingredients as well? Is I guess it kind of. I always knew that one day I, I would. I really wanted to go and learn like the classics. So I mean, I guess I. I kind of shaped. I mean, I don't want to say shaped, but I kind of planned my my journey as to to what I wanted to learn at the points where I wanted to learn and where I wanted to learn them. So I mean, I had a you know a first-hand experience of the molecular side of cuisine, which was when I first started out. To that, you know, I decided to to move on and, and do a bit of traveling as soon as I came of age. And I was able to travel on my own. So that's when you know I took the journey to Australia. So I went to. Uh, Melbourne and um, that was a real experience as well because Australia was the first place where I kind of saw the whole farm to table kind of concept and everything's from that length and they're real proud of it as well you know and, and so they should be because they've got some incredible ingredients that's indigenous to that land as well which is quite special and um, you know Australia is so big that any point of the year it's summer or winter so seasonal wise you're not really challenged by much you know they've got exceptional fruit their meat's really good fish is a you know also exceptional so i think using that produce every day and watching it come in like in pristine condition to then preparing it to serving it in a restaurant setting that was completely focused around australia also i thought you know like wow you know this is eye-opening this is this is a destination restaurant 
Yeah, and the way you speak about it with such passion, and that you could recall it so well, you know, it's a testament of not only your character, but how much you developed from being sat in front of the TV to working at the fine dining restaurant to experiencing all of this. In terms of your biggest takeaway, because you moved halfway across the world to Australia when you were only 19, right? Not many people do that to go and pursue cooking. So if you could have one anecdote that you can recall from your time, that two years you're working holiday in Australia, what would that be? I think that would be, well, there were so many to be honest. New Year's Eve cooking at the top of the Rialto, middle of Melbourne, watching the fireworks go off around you while, you know, you're, you're drinking champagne on the balcony after service. Like, that was pretty special. That was, um, yeah. But uh, seems like such a long time ago when you could actually see uh, fireworks after 10.30 because everything uh, locks up here. Or, or even or even a beer. <laughs> <laughs> We're in conversation with uh, Lewis Barker. He's head chef and owner at the One Michelin Star Sommer, a restaurant with a personal approach to contemporary European cuisine here in Singapore. Speaking of Singapore, Lewis, you moved here at the age of 22. What inspired you to come here, take up an opportunity and what were the first couple of months like? Because you moved from Leeds to Australia, you went to Spain as well for a little bit, and then you moved here. What was all that like? I guess I got the travel bug, so I wanted to do it again. You know, I think it's some people get it, some people don't. They're quite easy to settle down. But for me, I kind of I've got hot feet, you know. Oh, I did it at the time when I was younger, so I just wanted to, uh, you know, to travel around a bit. I went to Spain. I took a year off, to be honest, and uh, just kind of saw life a little bit. Did a bit of traveling around. And uh, then I came over to Singapore because I had a few friends here. So they kind of, you know, told me that there's, there's there's good opportunity for learning. There's great restaurants. They were just getting a Michelin guide here as well. So 2016 was the first year. And that's the year that I moved here. So it was all a bit exciting. You know? And um, so I did take up an opportunity at the time in a restaurant here. And, um, you know, it was stressful. It was, I came here, I didn't have a visa, to be honest. And, and uh, I, I went on a tourist visa trying to search for that job. I eventually found that job. And uh, the stress went away a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, Always important to, to lock in that visa, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, I was lucky, really. You worked at a couple of restaurants here, Lewis. You made your way through uh, you know, Hong Kong Street, working at a couple of restaurants before you moved on to Sommer. What are some of the things that they were doing differently here compared to your time in Australia and, let's say, Leeds as well? So I'd say that um, Singapore is definitely where I've learned more of the classic cuisine. So I worked with some some really good chefs over the time. You know, when I first when I first arrived here, I worked with Andy Walsh down at Cure, and he was doing Irish and new Irish now. And I'm very happy for him that he also got a star last year. I think it's well deserved and overdue. And then um, I took the move over to Bacchanalia, where I first took my sous chef's position. It was quite daunting, you know. Like I was 24 at the time, going into a sous chef of a one Michelin star restaurant. I didn't know if I was going to be ready for it or not, but you know, I took the jump anyway. Because if you don't know, if you don't find out, you don't know, right? So I went for it and it worked out okay. You know, it was a lot of hard work and still is. But um, I would say that they were the hardest few years of my career so far, like taking that managerial jump in a high pressure environment like that. And at each restaurant, you learned something new and you took that along with you every step of the way. So to finally have your own restaurant, Somer, first off, what's the inspiration behind the name? So the inspiration behind the name is um, we're a European restaurant and um, summer means summer in several European languages. And um, with us being in Singapore, it's constantly summer. So we decided <laughs> to go with that one. It is very true. It's always summer here. But if someone told you, let's say 10 years ago, Lewis, you will have your own restaurant and a Michelin star as well, what would you have said to them? 
you know, I probably wouldn't have believed it, if I'm honest. Not many people, I guess, would when they're in that position. But, you know, I knew what I was setting myself into. And I knew I had to work hard in order to try and achieve them goals. And it mm. took a lot of time, and, you know, a lot of mistakes along the way as well. But I think that's what helps you come out stronger in the end, for sure. I think to see everything just fall into place, but now you can actually start cooking your own food as well. So the first couple of months at Sommer, right? What were the customers telling you about your food? Because before you were working under multiple chefs, but now you're curating the menu. Everything is from you. What were they saying? That's it. I mean, it's definitely been the hardest point in my career in terms of now it's it's on you. Like everything comes back to you because, you know, when you were, I've been a sous chef for, for a few years now and I guess you're always behind someone else, right? You don't really think about, of course, you want to give the best to the customer still because, you, you know, you're in that position to, to execute that, but you're working for somebody else. So I guess now or since we opened Summit, it's really been the, the point of like, wow, you know, I've got to think of this menu. I can't just execute it for somebody anymore. Like, what am I going to cook? Like, I've never cooked my own food before. I don't want to do anything that I've done before as well because we wanted to take the hard route to find out what our cuisine and what our identity will be at this restaurant. And I mean, you don't find out until many years later. You know, I've probably still not found out properly now because it takes time. But um, them first few months, like there was di- there's dishes that I look at now and I look back on it and I was like, wow, we really served that. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't, you know, I hope it's like anything practice makes perfect. I'm not saying that it's perfect now. It's definitely not. But along the way, the more you execute it, you find ways to try and improve. And it's, it's like natural progression, right? Yeah. So I think we're, we're still very much at the start of that journey. And I think we've still got a long way to go. And, but slowly but surely, I, I believe that, you know, we're, we're improving along the way. Yeah, I mentioned that you're the youngest Michelin star chef that I've ever met in my life. And, you know, to have this star, you got it in 2021. But to now manage the team as well and work with everyone in a sort of managerial role, owner, there's a lot of pressure on you. So how do you deal with all of that? There is. I mean, the team's a great one. The team's absolutely fantastic. And they're they're the reason why we do have Mission Star. You know, it's definitely a team effort. Without them, it's definitely not possible. I can't do it every day by myself. And, um, you know, they they make the pressure a little bit easier for me, if I'm honest. Like, managing the team, they're passionate. They show up every day. They give 100%. That's what you can ask for. Of course, the pressure is there with making sure that everything's in the box and as you want it. But also, customer base. You know, making sure that the restaurant's full, making sure that when the customers are here, they're having a great time, making sure that they enjoy what you're offering as well and being flexible to each different guest because every, every guest is different. So, I mean, that, that's where the, the stress side comes in. Yeah, but you guys are always full. Well, as far as uh, I can see, every time I pass a restaurant and I just see people walking, I say, always full. There's always a waiting list to dine in at Sommer. In terms of the menus at the restaurant, Lewis, what are the offerings there? Are there different like tasting menus or like a full experience? Tell me a little bit more about this. There is, yes. So, I mean, for lunch, we offer lunch on uh, Wednesday to Saturday. So we offer a lunch discovery menu. So it's a, basically it's a quick fire three course menu. You get a little kind of pay and a petty for at the end as well. And uh, that's designed to be, you know, business lunch out within hour, hour and a half. We can turn you over quite fast. And then we also offer our inspiration uh, five course menu. And then we also offer an experience, which is a seven course menu. So for dinner time, we only do the inspiration and the experience. And obviously for lunch, we offer the three menus as well. Yeah, and these menus have uh, shaped you as a person, but also got you that star. How did you celebrate getting that star? Yeah, we definitely we, we celebrated with a glass of champagne. You know, we were over the moon. Like we we didn't expect it, even to the point of when we were on live screen watching the watching the show. You know, we still heard no news. 
we didn't know whether we were just there for the spectating or or whether we were actually going to win an award. You know, we got it. Yeah, we had a champagne or two. Yeah, and also to share that experience, Lewis, with not only your parents but your partner and and your loved ones as well. Talk me through those emotions. What was it like? I mean, it was incredible. You know, like unfortunately, you know, I can't. I'm not close to my parents in Singapore, and they're in the UK, right? So I mean, we definitely had a, a nice moment on Zoom as, as best as we could. You know, they're they're over the moon. They're super happy because you know they've watched me and supported me along the way. And I've not seen them much. You know, I get to see them maybe once once a year at best. I'm out here working, trying to chase the dream, I guess you would say. So I mean, for them to watch watch the restaurant be successful. They're super happy. I'm from my uh, from my girlfriend Jessica as well. She's been with me along the way, so I'm uh, I'm super thankful for them for their support as well. Yeah, sharing these moments with your loved ones that truly make it all the more special as well. Well, Lewis, before I let you go, I have to ask you for uh, aspiring chefs out there who want to follow in your footsteps and go get that hands-on experience at the restaurants rather than uh, going into you know different university courses and so on. How important is it for them to get that experience rather than just go through the you know sitting in classrooms and doing whatever else? That's it. I mean, look, practical experience is always going to help you out a lot more. But, you know, you know, without my school course, you know, I wouldn't have got the qualifications that I needed to be able to travel, you know, to attain that visa, etc. I'm not saying that like there is things to learn within college for sure. It's just that I was a more hands on practical person. So I, I was itching to get out there into the kitchen. But um, look, just don't extend it too long Do what you need to do. Get the qualifications that will help you to travel if you want to travel or you know get the job that that you really want to get and uh, but just put full focus into the cooking side you know because at the end of the day the skill level means more to the employer than the qualification itself yeah kids stay in school get that degree and that hands-on experience as well. We've been in conversation with Louis Barker. He's head chef and owner at the One Michelin Star Somera restaurant with a personal approach to contemporary European cuisine. Thank you so much for your time, Louis. And I hope you have a great 2022. And I can't wait to dine in at Somera. Thank you very much, Adrian. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.